0: Hey guys, it's Morgan. Welcome back to the show. Today we're doing Q&A. Lots of different questions, so I'm pretty excited. we got some homesteading ones, some personal ones, more uh, political ones, etc. So we're going to get on into it. But thanks for tuning in. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe. course. Before we answer the first question, have you ever picked up a towel set? Because it feels really soft in the store, but then you go to use it and it's just not very absorbent. It's basically a towel leaving you out to dry. That's why MyPillow developed the MyPillow Towels. Towels that work. I know it's crazy. Mind-blowing towels that dry you. The six-piece towel set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths for $49.99 with promo code MORGAN and a bunch of different colors. I like just the white ones and the black ones personally. You can go to MyPillow.com right now. Use promo code MORGAN for a big discount. It's a 10 year your warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Again, MyPillow.com, promo code Morgan. I know y'all need towels, okay? Don't act like you don't. Go use my code. Thank you. Okay, so this one's for all the girls that have been asking in the podcast question and answer submission thing. Basically, half of the questions were about my boyfriend. So I figured, you know what? <laughs> I'll just address this in the beginning of the episode. So how do I start it? You guys know that I like to use the phrase equally yoked. I I know it's biblical, but we can also take that into every aspect of our life where I think it is important if you're a strong Christian and you want to raise your kids that way. Yes, you should find someone that also agrees with you and wants to do that because it's a foundational aspect of life and of course of raising children. But you can carry that into so many other important things like what kind of stuff you allow in the household to be consumed, what kind of products you want to be using as a family how you want to educate the kids. Do you believe in homeschool? Do you want to live in the country versus the city? I mean, I meet some couples where it's like they're dating in college and they're dating when they're young, but then like one of them wants to end up in a downtown condo and the rest, the other one is like, well, I want to be on a ranch one day. You know, it's like sometimes people, they fall in love but they don't really plan it. So I know a lot of girls and I have talked about how do we actually get to a point where we can meet someone that we're equally yoked with in every part of life. And so I feel really lucky just in the fact that I found Bryant. But bottom line is we see eye to eye on the most important foundational parts of life. And I, I'm really thankful to have been introduced to him. Um so his name's Bryant. If you guys have seen him his Instagram is John Bryant. I know that you're all super sleuths and you're going to go look it up, right? So <laughs> John Bryant is his Instagram. And then his, his name is Bryant Fikes. But he's gotten banned a few times for talking about COVID stuff. And so he has a few different named accounts apparently. But his story is just so interesting to me. And it caught my attention because he went to eight years of pharmacy school. He has a doctorate in Pharmacy. And what do we like to talk about? We like to talk about big pharma and corruption and what's been going on and how we can't trust the experts. We can't trust the government and the relationships between big pharma and the government and politicians and corporations. And we've been talking about this for years. So I see this this country outdoors man in camo who has apparently a doctorate in pharmacy and worked as a pharmacist. But then I learn a story. He left pharmacy. In 2020, during the worst mess of COVID, because he was working through it and was really shocked to see the anti-science behavior of those experts and of the government and of the people that he literally was just educated by after going through eight years of school. And so fortunately, now this is really interesting and why it's like such a perfect combination for a woman like me, a guy like him, at the time he had started an outdoor brand called American Fetcher to help pay off the student debt from, you know, eight years of going to school to be a pharmacist. And so American Fetcher, it's, it's camo hats, fishing hats, hunting themed hats. It's, it's a guy brand, you know what I mean? But I see some girls wearing it and, you know, they pull it off. But that was picking up enough that he was able to transition. <laughs> Imagine going to school for eight years for something and then being completely disillusioned by those same experts because a pandemic hits and it affects your field the most And you're just shocked by it. And you're like, do I do I want to continue in this brand? I just find the whole story fascinating. So eventually the brand was so successful in 2020, he could leave. And so he started not only moving towards being on the brand full time, but he could speak out on social media more. He was more independent. And I respect him so much for taking that risk. But he spoke out with his knowledge and experience about COVID and became a very prominent account on it. Now, here's the thing. You guys listening, you know, I don't even have a TikTok. I don't even know. Okay. I'm not putting that thing on my phone. And, you know, (laughs) this is nothing against Brian, but he is a big TikTok person, apparently. And that's what I like when we first started talking. I learned about it and I was like, wow, like, I had no idea much about the app, but he was big on TikTok during the COVID stuff and was speaking out and becoming a really prominent account on that. So just seeing how he had the courage when he doesn't have a political background and he started speaking out on this, it really, really gained my respect early on when I was first learning, you know, how he came to be and how he came to be this person that I was meeting. So Now, the second cool thing about all this in terms of like the health stuff and not just COVID was the fact that he started also talking about other topics relating to health that he was seeing from his expertise and and perspective, some other stuff that we're getting lied to about. And that includes even things like birth control and titanium dioxide and tampons. So (laughs) the fact that You and I, like the girls that listen to this podcast, there's men that listen to this podcast. The fact that we're talking about this and we're like, wait a second as conservatives shouldn't we care more about the relationship between these companies and big pharma and our government approving things that we're putting into our body maybe freedom truly is a lifestyle and we should be taking more control and being more aware not dangerously complacent over what we put in our bodies we should be paying attention more to this like i've been so passionate about it for the last couple of years and then i get introduced to brian and i am just like wait a second you know about titanium dioxide in tampons, but he's like this country man that has like 98 chickens on the family property. I'm like, wait a second. This is A wonderful combination in someone. And so not only does he care about this stuff and he's attentive and he he is so interested in people understanding the realities to it, but he also wants to homestead you guys. Come on. I mean, like this is checking all the boxes. It's so cool, but it's not just checking the boxes. We also just deeply care about each other. So I I didn't really know what to say about Bryant because it is, you know, personal and stuff, but I, I understand that for the most part, like we're basically friends. If you're listening to this podcast, you know what's up, right? So He doesn't want to just Instagram homestead and do like the meme stuff. You know what I mean? But he truly wants to live it out. And so do I. And so, I mean, like, come on, can you believe it? I'm just pretty excited and thankful. So needless to say, you know, when he asked me to dinner last year. I said, thank you, Lord. And we've been together ever since. So that's that. And I guess just pray for us all. And and we're going to keep, keep pushing forward. But I'm excited for the rest of the year. And thank you guys for asking. Thank you for caring. Half of the questions were about this. So I figured I'd address it and be upfront and personal. There you go. <laughs> so the second question, let's move on, is about how we can potentially pay off our student loans, our student debt, when we're in college, like say you've got a lot of debt and you feel a little bit overwhelmed right now and you're looking for ways where maybe you can hustle a little bit more. I've got to say, you guys, this has never been a better time in all of American history for young people to try and hustle and earn some extra money or even grow that into a business where that's their full-time thing. Now for me, I can personally attest to this because when I started Zegger's Freedom Flags to pay off my student loans, my dad and I learned how to make those flags on YouTube. Okay, we used uh, YouTube tutorials. For everything. And yeah, I look back at the original flags and you know, a little embarrassing, but it's kind of sentimental because there I did it all by hand. I was spending two and a half hours for every union. So all 50 stars on all the flags when I did 50 stars on a union, that took me two and a half hours. And so I was in that workshop whenever I wasn't doing online classes, whenever I wasn't doing college stuff, I would go out into the garage where I was building the flags and I would be in there until the late hours of the night carving by hand. And so my hands were just nasty. My, my forearms were covered in polyurethane and charcoal burn from the wood when I would torch it and then blue and red stain, because that's, that's basically all that you need to make the flag. Now, here's the thing For me, it's a little bit more difficult to suggest building a flag because I understand now it's very expensive to ship. It's a large product. It takes hours to put together. There are so many things that are easier to put together more affordable to ship and easier to scale. And so I highly encourage you, not just women, because I am a big proponent of women having small businesses or some sort of way to earn money where they can be at home and have uh, more flexibility in how they spend their time actually earning money if they need to be a two-income household so that they can spend more time with their family, with their children. But I also say for men, please, students, while you're young, now's the time to take risks. Now's the time to take chances. And on top of that, I know you might be like, well, how am I going to balance a job in this? You guys, when I started my nonprofit, when I started Zegers Freedom Flags, I was working my 9 to 5. And during my break, during my lunch hour on my 9 to 5, I was working on my individual projects. And then I would go home and I would sit on my laptop after being on a laptop at work all day for eight hours, looking at an Excel sheet, I would go home and then open my computer and I would do whatever I could to grow my own personal things. And then it became eventually a situation where I could leave that nine to five and transition into my own things that I had been growing. I highly encourage you to look into this. If you are creative, if you are good with uh, design skill, graphic design, photography, videography, any of that kind of stuff, I also encourage you to look into Fiverr. Alex Fasulo is one of my friends who is a Fiverr millionaire. Okay, she's earned a million dollars on Fiverr because she loves writing, she loves creating, and she's literally hired by people to write things as simple as product descriptions for their products on Amazon because they aren't good at writing and they want a professional. So they just hire her to write some paragraphs about a product. And over the years, she's made a million dollars doing so. And she's self-employed and she has a cute little house in Florida that I think actually got affected by the hurricane. But the bottom line is there's there's examples like this. And if you just look at opportunities and examples, I think it's going to really help you. You really can't be what you can't see. And I'm telling you right now, there is a pathway for you to look into making money and earning money and having more control over your life. Um, So please look into that. And again, that's how I paid off my student loans. So I wouldn't send you in this direction unless I felt confident in it, Um, but it does work. So please keep that creativity and try and produce and build things with your own hands and contribute in that, that special way. Cause it's also going to fulfill you on a level that you're probably not going to experience from the standard things, the standard roles in society. So let's move on. Okay, and now, this is one of my favorite questions. I've answered it before in different ways, but somebody asked how I narrowed down the region or state that I want my homestead to be in. (laughs) So this has been years of a journey for me to figure out where I want to end up, and it's kind of been a big theme for me as well if you follow me on social media. I did a show with Turning Point USA when we broke down all the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers. So going back to the original founding of our, our nation, of our government, remember how we had the attempt with the Articles of Confederation? It didn't work, okay? The the government was too weak. It was more of a league of states, a team of them combining, but they didn't have a solid entity. So our founders got together and argued and debated, and it basically was the first time we had an agreement made where people were kind of unhappy on both sides, but you know what? There was compromise and we got there. It was when we built the Constitution and replaced our first attempt of government with the U.S. Constitution. So we built a constitutional republic. And that means that we have a bunch of states in our country that can act as their own individual entities, but they have joined together to agree to have one top role of leadership called the federal government. The idea is that we're supposed to have separation of powers, where if the federal government becomes too powerful or tyrannical, oppressive, uses too much authority, where it hurts the rights, hurts the well-being of the people, then the states can step in and say, whoa, 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 you need to stop. And they can check the power of the federal government and vice versa. uh, The federal government, if they see that a state is hurting its people, can step in and say, you need to stop. And so there can be that checks and balances in that way. But there's also multiple levels of government under state where you have the county level, you have local level. And most importantly, in my eyes, you have county sheriff. So it's really important that all people at all levels of government, when they have power, when they have authority, it's important that they understand what their role is, not just in day to day, not just in, oh, here's what I have to do every year but more so in the grand scheme of what their role is in the keeping of the Republic. Okay. Does your County Sheriff understand that he can look at something and say, "Uh -uh, I'm not going to enforce this because it's unconstitutional. We are not going to enforce these lockdowns with COVID because they're unconstitutional. Thank you, but no thank you state government or federal government. We are not going to listen and we'll fight you whether that's in court or whatever. So having competent and knowledgeable and aware, and most importantly, uh, wise government leaders, especially law enforcement leaders that understand their role in the keeping of the republic is very important to me. Now, keeping that in mind, we'll keep that political lens on it. How is there supposed to be checks and balances between the state and the federal entities? Well, it's because they're supposed to be independent of each other. But over the years, our politicians have kind of neglected this concept. And so now we have states that are financially dependent on the federal government because we've gotten so out of control, so far away from what our founders intended for our nation. What do you know? You now have state governments that have all these huge programs that are paid for by federal government funds, grants, taxpayer dollars coming from the federal government. So then you have the federal government saying, well, we have this new rule Maybe it's regarding COVID or the vaccine or whatever. And if you don't implement it, we're going to take away our federal funds that fund your state-level programs. Do you see how this becomes an issue? So then the state has to say, oh, so do we want to stand up to the tyrannical behavior of the federal government or do we want to keep... The funds that we need to keep our state going on a day to day basis, because now we've we've become too dependent on the federal government and we have to compromise. We have to put ourselves in an uncomfortable compromising position. So for me, these are factors that I want to consider if I'm building my long term home where I see the country's going in a bad direction. It's like, where do I feel safe building a home as the country becomes more uncertain in terms of where we're heading, what direction we're going to. So those are like big level questions that you should be evaluating. But here's the other considerations that we should be looking at. Because this is way more than just, hmm, if we could pick a state, do we want to pick a state with high property taxes, low property taxes, high income tax, no income tax. You know what I mean? Like people used to say, "Oh, I'm just moving to Florida because the weather's good and I don't want income tax anymore. But now it's just so much bigger than that. Because now it's like, "Eh, I want to move to Florida because I feel like the governor there and the leadership there in that state would actually protect me from federal level tyranny if it ever came to our country. You know what I mean? Like this is a bigger conversation now. So in addition to that, I think we also need to be looking at general cost of living, affordability and access to everything. There are some situations where you can barely get by in these states. And how good is our quality of life going to be if our family, even if we're trying to live humbly, is going to be scraping by because it's really a state of people that are Uh, very wealthy and out of touch and maybe vote more liberally. So they can't really relate to what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck or, you know, like an average person. The other things I want to consider politically and in terms of the relation to the government are the regulations on farming, homesteading, education, and of course, the Second Amendment. Okay. So All of these things can technically be fixed, but for me, I see it as I don't want to even risk it. I want to be in a state where the people there just enjoy that kind of lifestyle and want to protect it and want it to keep going. It's just the way things are there. You know what I mean? I don't even want to really be in a purple situation. So when we talk about Supporting farming and homesteading, I mean there are some states that are very hostile to these things their energy regulations their electricity regulations in new york state they 're trying to get rid of gas stoves on top of that they 're also trying to attack children by forcing them into public schools. so that kind of brings me into the next one. The next thing to focus on is the education limitations is this the state rooted in school choice so for me i 'm going to homeschool. There are states out there that make it, they don't They don't really outright ban it, but they sure do everything they possibly can to basically force your child out of any other alternative school options and into the public school system. Now, these were the same states where during COVID, they were saying, now to send your kid to public school, you're going to have to vaccinate them with the COVID-19 vaccine. So if I was living in that state with a child, we would have a problem and I would leave. You see how that's a simple thing for me? It's not going to happen. So when I see states, like for California, for example, what happens is states don't outright ban homeschooling, but instead they use regulation, reporting requirements, and then constant like check ins with the government and these requirements where you have to include the government in every step that it, it It incentivizes parents to just say, you know what, this is too much and too scary for me to keep up with. I feel like I'm a criminal in the eyes of the government, and I'd rather just send my kid to normal public school at this point. They also make it incredibly difficult for charter schools and private schools to even exist, and they try and force every kid into public school. So I want to avoid those states at all costs. Now, for me, that made it a very simple decision for me to at least move out of New York State because I decided I don't want to raise my family because that's where I'm from. I don't want to raise my family there. And it's always kind of been my family's plan to move south as my family retires. So that's been a normal concept because we don't want to raise our kids and our future generations in communist upstate New York. It's just not the thing for me. I moved to Texas in 2020. And that's where I kind of decided to start looking at the different regions and really honing in on what I thought would be best for me. So I lived in Texas for a bit. And then I've also lived in Arizona. And then Overall, because I've traveled a bunch throughout the Southeast as well, I was able to kind of see the different regions. Now, here's the thing. Morgan used to want to end up in Utah, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming area, right? The Wild West. I didn't even think that Texas was really West. I wanted to be there in a beautiful little cabin and living just like Ballerina Farm. But then Over the last couple of years, I saw a study that really shocked me. And it said that that we spend about 7% of our lives outside. Can you believe that? 7% of our lives. And then I saw something called the 1,000-hour challenge, which is getting your kids outside for 1,000 hours every year. And the more and more I saw this, the more I realized, like, wow, we really never spend a lot of time outside. And what I have envisioned for my family in the future is the kids running around outside nearly all day and spending a lot of classroom time and education time outside and meals outside and all this stuff and I started realizing like wait a second I grew up in upstate New York and I saw how locked inside we are for a majority of the year because of how cold it is and then I watch the things like Ballerina Farm and the places where I used to want to end up, like in that Northwest area where, you know, the Wild West. And I saw that it's freezing in snow there too. And I said, how am I going to achieve what I envision where they're running around and outside for a majority of the year? How am I going to achieve that? So I realized that I needed to Keep it in the South. And that's when I ended up saying, okay, so the West for me, in terms of Arizona in the Southwest, was too dry. Like, I want fertile fields. I want a homestead. I want a garden. I want to grow most of my food. And I don't want to just do it in some greenhouses that are pretty restricted. So I want to grow my food. I want to have these beautiful, lush, green pastures. That's where I imagined it. And I realized that's not going to happen out in Arizona, even though I love the mountains. So I kind of figured, that That Texas and over region would be where I would end up, and again, there's a lot of factors that went into that kind of decision making, but I was looking at garden zones, I was looking at quality of life, I was looking at affordability, I was looking at the land prices in general, what life would be like throughout the year and how I could could build that out and to the future that I envisioned so so that's how I ended up with that, but like you like you saw, it kind of changed over time and and now I'm pretty pretty firm in my beliefs on that. Now let's do one more question that kind of fits into that. People ask a lot about like what animals I want. Um, I really don't want a lot to be honest. I have this thing against goats. Um, A lot of people say that they want a bunch of baby goats on their property, but I just see like something devilish about them. It freaks me out. I'll use goat milk products, but I don't want to milk goats. Okay. I'm not interested in it. I really only want chickens right now for sure. It's a simple protein. It's simple maintenance, fairly simple maintenance. And I see it as a really great opportunity for the kids to be involved, and it's good lessons and experiences for them. I used to want a dairy cow, but it's it's quite a lot of maintenance, isn't it? You have to milk that cow every single day. So ideally, I would love to have a strong community of people that we can lean on, where it's like we get honey from one person, we get our maple syrup from another, we get raw milk from another provider, and everybody has their strengths in the community. So hopefully that'll come like maybe through a church or something, but we'll have to see. Uh, so. Thank you guys for the question. Sorry for the rambling today. It's a Sunday and I'm just in the Sunday mood. You know what I mean? (laughs) Okay, well, thank you and I'll see you next episode. Bye.